Hello and welcome into another episode of Lockdown Wolves. Today on the show, it's the post-game podcast from a playoff-like regular season game between the Wolves and the Celtics, the top team in the West, visiting the top team in the East. And despite missing two starters, the Timberwolves led big in the final couple minutes of regulation. The game went to overtime. The Wolves fell short. We'll talk about Jason Tatum's unbelievable performance and also a really impressive wire-to-wire Wolves performance in this one, too. We'll break down the whole thing here today on the show. Welcome in. You are Lockdown Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NBA and use the code, all lowercase, NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Happy Thursday, everybody, and uh, fantastic basketball game Wednesday night between the Wolves and the Celtics. Certainly a top, uh, I don't know what, top three, game this season, probably along with the other Boston game back at the early uh, or early part of November. Um, really, really fun. Lots to get to today on the show. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about kind of the end of the game overall, how I thought the Wolves played some really impressive individual performances. Uh, Shake Milton sighting. He played really well. Lots of stuff to talk about here. A big thank you right off the top for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch the show on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And you can follow on X at Lockdown T-Wolves and also at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, so quickly setting the stage. The Wolves come into this game after a big 21-point win in Orlando Tuesday night. And they'd led by as many as 34 in that game. Of course, weather in Orlando, so they don't travel until the day of the game, until Wednesday morning. They travel all the way up to Boston from Orlando. It's just the third back-to-back the Wolves have played this season. And Mike Conley sits due to rest. Rudy Gobert is questionable due to hip soreness and ends up sitting out. So, you know, we'll chalk those both up to rest. And so the Wolves are without two starters in this game. The Celtics, Drew Holiday was questionable coming in, and the Celtics were were basically full strength in this game. Like, all their key players played. So, um, this this was like, you know, coming into this, I believe the Celtics were up to, I think when we uh, recorded the Minnesota basketball party on Wednesday morning, the Celtics were favored by maybe eight and a half points on FanDuel. And this thing was nine and a half. When I looked mid-afternoon before it was announced that Rudy was out, but after it was announced, or excuse me, yeah, before Rudy was announced is out, after they announced Conley was out. So I don't know where it closed, but the Wolves were nine and a half point underdogs in this game. Minnesota comes in, the game four of the road trip, back-to-back with travel issues, no Conley, no Gobert, and hangs with the Celtics the entire game. In fact, Minnesota got to within a point by halftime. They were down, I think, six at the end of the first quarter. They get to within a point by halftime, lead the game, by six going into the fourth quarter. And then actually have a lead of nine points with just under four minutes to play, seven points with about two and a half to play in regulation. Uh, but, you know, it's it's they, they aren't able to hold on in overtime. So I want to break all that down a little bit. The first thing, you know, first quarter was kind of, um, 
I, good for both teams. Like the Wolves held their own. They were down 10 points a couple of times, but uh, they were, you know, in it throughout and, and ultimately only down by six at the end of the first frame. Second quarter, you know, the Wolves started Nikhil Alexander-Walker essentially at point guard and they started Kyle Anderson in place of Gobert. Sliding Towns to center allows Nas Reed to stay with the second unit, allows Jordan McLaughlin to stay with the second unit um, with the expectation he'd probably play a little bit more in this game. Um, of course, he's been part of the rotation the last couple of weeks. And that also meant that Shake Bilton was going to see some rotation minutes for the first time in a couple of weeks as well. And then in the second quarter, Shake Milton and Jordan McLaughlin come in the game and they both play really, really well. In fact, the Wolves were fine in the first quarter, but when things really started to turn, it was when the Wolves bench outplayed the Boston bench in the second quarter. And I will say, Boston's starting lineup is the best starting lineup in the NBA. Like, there's no question about it. Um, it's it's unbelievable. The Wolves bench, even shorthanded, is every bit as good as the Celtics bench. And of course, with Nas Reed off the bench, they far outproduced the Celtics bench in this game, which should not have been a surprise to anybody. Um, I mean, the Celtics have guys that like, I'm very curious to see what they do. Side note, what they do at the deadline buyout market. I mean, like there's a couple guys on that bench that should not be playing heavy playoff minutes. But all that to say, the Timberwolves bench is what got them in a good spot in the second quarter. Some really strong Shake Milton minutes. Like he played really well in nine minutes in this game total. He played a little in the second half. He was a plus eight. Uh, Jordan McLaughlin had some good minutes, actually hit two three-pointers right after he came into the game. The Celtics kind of left him and he knocked them both down, which is good to see from from McLaughlin as well. Uh, so it was the Wolves bench that really kind of gave them a boost and then a flurry at the end of the second quarter. Ant had a big dunk right before the end of the half that got the Wolves to within one. And then the third quarter, Minnesota really flexed their muscle. The third quarter was... Carl Anthony Towns, and it was Anthony Edwards doing Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards things, but but doing like true superstar things. They both had moments in the third quarter that were absolutely unbelievable. Cat um, hit a couple of tough shots. Uh, Ant hit the crossover he had against Drew Holiday. There were actually a couple of, of crossover stepbacks that he had that were unbelievable, but the one he had for a three in pick and roll, Drew Holiday was on him on the right side of the floor, and Ant crossed him over just inside the three-point line. And if you're putting Drew Holiday on skates, and this wasn't just like, you know, lazy. This was Drew Holiday playing defense. Ant puts him on skates, which, by the way, that's who Ant beat the open floor for the dunk at the end of the first half, too. Um, or it, well, maybe it wasn't that dunk. There was a dunk in, in transition where Drew Holiday was actually in front of him and backpedaled a little, but Ant crossed him over, got to the rim. And then he puts Holiday on skates, hits a step-back three, um, there was a, a dunk in there too that was impressive. Cat, like the third quarter was just an absolute clinic from Minnesota. They outscored the Celtics by seven, and it was almost entirely the Timberwolves superstars, which wasn't the case the rest of the game. So that's why I want to I want to highlight that here. Like coming out of halftime, Cat hits a shot right away. Horford comes down and hits a three. Cat hits another shot. The Celtics hit another three. McDaniel's hits a three, um, and then a couple possessions later, it's consecutive Ant shots. And then Ant hits his step back over over Holiday. Cat hits another shot. Um, I, like it was just really. He also had. I think Cat had two threes in the quarter. Um, I, just very very impressive third quarter offense for Minnesota and very very limited turnovers to this point in the game. I think at halftime the Wolves had three turnovers, if I'm not mistaken, and did a good job limiting that in the third quarter as well. And, and the recipe up to this point, like at the end of the third quarter, Minnesota was up six going to the fourth. The recipe through the third quarter was solid offense, 
Ant did a little bit of his, you know, ISO ball stuff, but he was shooting the ball well enough, especially in the third, that it was fine. Like, he did it every few times on the floor, fine. But the Wolves were running sets to get Cat the ball. Cat was punishing mismatches, which we saw him do in Orlando on Tuesday night. We did not see him do it consistently in Dallas or the first time the Wolves played the Celtics. Remember Cat's, what was it, 10-point performance when Boston guarded him with Drew Holiday? In this game, he was not letting Boston simply just guard him with Jason Tatum, you know, one-on-one in the middle of the floor. The Wolves continually put him at the nail, at the top of the at the top of the arc um, in the center of the floor as well and just kind of said, hey, Cat, go to work. They're not going to double you here. And he dominated. Whenever he got those touches, he dominated. He was played within himself, only had one single turnover Carl Anthony Towns did. So the recipe for the first three quarters was limited turnovers, crisp offense, and, you know, they made enough shots. They didn't shoot the lights out in this game. Actually, they shot pretty well from deep. They ended up shooting 41%. But it was really more about getting the right shots and not turning it over. And they did that for the majority of the game. Now, in the fourth quarter, things shifted a little bit, uh, but not until late. I mean, Minnesota was up with, uh, what, like under four minutes to play. It was like three, yeah, with 3.35 to play. Nikhil Alexander-Walker makes a tough layup, actually consecutive layup, sandwiched around a Jason Tatum bucket. The Wolves are up nine with 3.35 left. Horford hits a three to make it a six-point game. The Wolves call a timeout. Next time down the floor, Anthony Edwards turns the ball over. He dribbled it off his foot in the middle of the paint. Celtics come back down, get a couple of free throws. Now they're within four. But Alexander Walker makes a three, and the Wolves are back up seven with 2.45 to play in this game. After a couple of empty possessions, this is the weird play, the, the weirdest play of, of the night. Um, there had been some weird... So actually, let's 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 get to that next. And then I want to talk key takeaways, because I do have three or four. I don't want to dwell too long on, on, the, uh, on the weird play at the end of regulation. But I want to talk about what happened after that, because I think it impacted the rest of the game, and then also what happened in overtime... Do key takeaways. We'll also do individual studs and duds. We'll do all of that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch your winnings roll in. There's still football going on this weekend. So you can, between football and basketball, take part in the combo projections as part of the Specials League. It's a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. You can do this with more than just football and basketball, but this is, uh, I think this weekend will be great for it on Saturday and Sunday, and also football Monday night. For example, you could take LeBron James and Travis Kelsey, the Chiefs play the Saturday night game, take a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made plus receptions, pick more than or less than, and watch your winnings roll in. Plus, Prize Picks offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits in the first half and does not return to the second, that player can be rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockdownNBA and use the code LockdownNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash LockdownNBA, code LockdownNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown Plus, our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, so 
in the fourth quarter, the Wolves were still up seven when this play happened with just over two minutes to play. Anthony Edwards, um, credit to him, and I want to talk about his shot selection here in a minute, but on this particular play, Ant was aggressive, got into the paint. Drew Holiday goes up to try and contest Ant's shot, and the ball goes off the shot clock. Now, if an offensive player is shooting the ball and it goes off the shot clock, what has happened? Well, he's shooting the ball up and somebody comes down on his wrist and the ball goes straight up or the ball gets blocked off the shot clock, maybe from behind, maybe from underneath. But um, simple physics would tell you that unless unless this person is a, I don't know, a, a child shooting on a small hoop, like you're not going to shoot the ball off the shot clock, right? So initially they rule the ball out of bounds off off of the Celtics Timberwolves ball and they would have had a few seconds on the shot clock. Um, which seemed to be the right call, but on replay, it actually appeared as though Drew Holiday hit the wrist, the right wrist of Anthony Edwards as he was shooting, kind of like just below the wrist, up through the hand, knocking the ball out of bounds. So in my, I mean, that's a foul, right? I understand hands part of the ball. I know that that's officially what, that is the actual official rule. It's not like the fake tie goes the runner thing in baseball. It is actually hand is part of the ball. But it wasn't the hand. It was the wrist, which caused the ball to go out of bounds. To me, it was a clear foul, which they can add upon a challenge. And technically, then, I think they could call the the challenge successful because the call was changed. They should have done that, and they have applied a foul retroactively. We've seen them do that. Um, And maybe, I guess, if you're not going to call a foul, you could argue that if the hand is part of the ball and he hits the hand and Ant's hand hits the ball off the shot clock, then I guess technically it could be off Minnesota, but I think you're inferring that. There was never a clear angle, at least not showed on the Timberwolves broadcast on Valley Sports North, that showed the ball going off of Anthony Edwards out of bounds. It was absolutely flabbergasting to me. And Chris Finch was 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 beside himself on the sideline. You could even see him say, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but you could lip read him saying, to, I think it was J.B. DeRosa who was talking to the referee, saying, J.B., you know if somebody comes down like, and he made the hand motion, I'm doing. if you're watching YouTube, I'm waving my arms like crazy right now. If somebody comes down, the ball goes up, right? Like if somebody, the offensive player isn't going to shoot the ball up off the shot clock. It's not going to be off the offensive player without there being a foul. And that's why Finch was apoplectic about it. It was just nuts. Now the Wolves are up seven with two minutes to play. This isn't an excuse. Like you should still win this game nine times out of 10. But instead, the Timberwolves allowed a fairly easy layup to Jason Tatum, who, by the way, was being guarded by Kyle. Well, actually, at this point, I think Jaden McDaniels was back in the game. But um, Kyle Anderson had to guard McDaniels for a big chunk of the fourth. Excuse me. Kyle Anderson had to guard Jason Tatum for a big chunk of the fourth quarter because of McDaniels' foul trouble, which was not ideal. Then, uh, then right after the layup, Nikhil Alexander-Walker gets called for a cheap offensive foul push-off at half court, just dribbling the ball up the court. It was letter of the law a foul. It's one of those things like, accentuated by, I think it was Derek White that sold it. Alexander Walker was a little too aggressive. I don't know why that call is not made, you know, half the time down the floor, but it is right there. But here we are. Um, Tatum hits a tough shot, a three-pointer. Now, all of a sudden, it's a two-point game. The Wolves can't score. They go back and forth. Eventually, the Celtics uh, take a lead after Jason Tatum misses a pair of free throws. The Celtics get the offensive rebound, and I couldn't tell on the replay whose fault it was. I think Alexander Walker just kind of floated in to rebound and didn't bother putting a body on Derek White. Drew Holiday makes a three-pointer. The Wolves are now down two. Ultimately, Anthony Edwards gets fouled, makes the two buckets. The Wolves stop Tatum on the other end. This game goes to overtime. And then real quick in overtime, I I don't need to go blow blow by blow here, but the Wolves got a three-point lead right away in overtime. And then this was the second, I guess I will spend a minute here. This was the second turning point for me. The first one was the weird challenge with the Wolves up seven 
And then easy bucket for Tatum, offensive foul, Alexander Walker, Celtics ball again. Like that was that sequence allowed things to kind of snowball for Minnesota. Right away in the fourth, or overtime, excuse me, Towns gets an and one. The Wolves are up three. They get a stop on the other end. So now Wolves are up three with the ball with just over four minutes to play. Ant gets stuck in the quarter, makes a bad pass. Jason Tatum heads up the court with the steal, and McDaniels almost instinctively just kind of reached out and, and did grab, barely grab the hip of Jason Tatum. It was a foul. It was a silly foul. It was a cheap foul, but it was a foul. Insult to injury, it's a transition take foul. It's the first foul of the two you get in overtime, and it's the sixth foul in Jaden McDaniel. So now the Wolves are up against the limit in overtime, which meant that a few possessions later when Nas Reed gave a cheap foul at half court for no reason, you know, 40 feet from the basket, it was free throws for the Celtics. It was it was the first foul of overtime for the Wolves. It was a transition take foul, which allowed the Celtics a three-point possession to tie the game again, and McDaniels was done for the night. That sequence with the Wolves up three and the ball, bad turnover for Mant, bad foul for McDaniels. Celtics tie the game up. And of course, Towns hit a three right after that. So those were back up three. But that was to me with McDaniels falling out, all those things happening. That was the other, uh, I don't know if that's necessarily a turning point technically, but the, the like seminal moment in this game when things kind of like we can point to that as a moment when something significant happened. Bigger picture takeaways about this game. The Wolves played fantastic. They really did. I mean, like if they played this way every night this season, if they played exactly this way every night this season, they're winning 80% of their games, 85% of their games. I mean, like who's beating them when they play this well? Boston's unbelievable. They're an unbelievable team. That starting lineup is is crazy. Jason Tatum in this game. uh, I mean, Jalen Brown had 15 in the first quarter. He only had 17 at halftime. He just had two second quarter points. Um, and finished, uh, Brown finished with 35. So he was good in the second half. Tatum, 45 points in this game on 26 shots. Was was unreal. Here are my quibbles with this game, my issues with the game. Anthony Edwards, his shot selection was not up to par. It, it, it was not ideal in this game. Now, he still had a good game on paper, and he was good in the third quarter. He attempted 25 shots in this game. Okay, 25 shots. Only, well, he shot six threes. 25 shots, and he attempted one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine non-paint twos. And only 10 shots in the paint. So six threes, nine non-paint twos, 10 paint attempts. And of those, only like half of them were at the rim. He shot like four 10-footers, and or five 10-footers, and he only made one of them, uh, eight to 10-footers. So the shot, and by the way, on those non-paint twos, the nine of them, he only made three. He was three of nine on non-paint twos in this game, which we all know is the least efficient shot in basketball. And yes, we know Ant can make them. And yes, the bank shots are pretty when they go in. But the one issue with the Wolves offense in this game was Ant's shot selection. And he didn't have an assist early in this game. He ended up finishing with what, six, I believe? Oh no, he only had three assists in this game. He had five turnovers. Three of Anthony Edwards' five turnovers we're in the final three minutes of regulation or overtime. He had two in overtime. He had that big one with just about three minutes to play that I mentioned. He dribbled the ball off his foot in the paint. So three turnovers, three of his five, were in the final three minutes of regulation plus overtime. Um, Again, overall, Ant played well. It was that, it was the shot selection and it was some of those late turnovers that, that kind of sunk the Wolves. Um, 
And turnovers in general, like the Wolves only turned it over, what, nine times in the entire game? And Ant had five of them. Nobody else on the team had more than one turnover in this game. It was a clean game for Minnesota. Uh, late turnovers, I mentioned already. Again, three of fives. I just said this a couple times, but Ant had three late turnovers. As a team, I mean, Nas had a bad one. It was just, you know, wasn't a problem for the whole game except for late. Um, and then also McDaniel's foul trouble. We'll talk more about that here in a minute. But Jaden fouling out in just 24 minutes wasn't great. And then my last key takeaway. The Timberwolves needed to get Carl Anthony Towns involved earlier. Like earlier this season, the first meeting between these two teams, the Celtics were daring the Wolves to try and play bully ball with Cat because they knew Drew Holiday could bait Cat into fouls, offensive fouls. They knew he could strip the ball from him. They knew he could madden Carl Anthony Towns, whatever. Um, and it worked. And Cat had a bad game. The Wolves, of course, still won that game. In this game, Cat was great early. He was great in the third quarter. He was silent in the fourth quarter because Ant was just absorbing um, all the possessions. And Carl Anthony Towns right away in overtime was like, all right, three-point play, three-pointer, like, get me the ball in the middle of the floor. I'm going to make things happen. The Celtics don't have a single player that can guard him one-on-one. At times, Horford tried it, but a lot of times it was Tatum. Sometimes it was Holiday. Like, the Celtics were very comfortable switching and leaving somebody on cat. And they were also sending doubles at Anthony Edwards, even when the Wolves weren't screening for Ant. They were sending like a late double. If the shot clock got to like five or six, and Ant had the ball in his hands, they were sending a second guy and trying to force the ball out of his hands. There was, I mean, Ant hit a tough three over a double team from the, like basically the right above the break on the right side in front of the Celtics bench. And he had a couple nice passes out of double teams too. Uh, like overall, I think he handled the pressure well. They were not doubling Carlton Towns. They were letting him operate, and Cat made them pay. I was a little surprised for the game. Uh, the Wolves shot 20 free throws. The Celtics shot 31. Cat only had seven free throw attempts and only had four, but that was more due to his shot selection. I actually don't think Ant got the short end of the stick in this game officiating-wise. Maybe one time he could have gotten a call. I guess that dunk at the end of the first half was a little, you know, Brown kind of shoved him in the small of his back. Cat only had seven free throw attempts, which surprised me a little because he was aggressive in this game. Um, but all that to say, it would have been great if the Wolves had gotten Carl more involved in the fourth quarter. And that's a little bit on Finch, like in some of those timeouts. And you saw that they called the, the first play of overtime was called for Carl Anthony Towns to get the ball in the middle of the floor. And then it was like midway through the period, I think when they were down three or maybe down two midway through overtime, the cameras went to Finch and he was saying, first play, first play. They ran the exact same set that they opened overtime with to get Cat the ball. The Celtics covered it better and actually did bring a late double as Cat put the ball on the floor. They were going to try and draw that offensive foul. Cat did the right thing, passed it to Kyle, the ball swung around the perimeter, and eventually the Wolves, I think I think maybe Nas missed a three or something. It was the right basketball play from Cat. But something the Wolves should have done a little bit earlier in this game, and by that I mean like earlier in crunch time of the fourth quarter, they should have gotten Cat the ball a little bit more frequently. All right, let's close this thing with individual studs and duds. Uh, that's what we'll do here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is sponsored by Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, and that's what this show is, of course, all about, uh, is, is sports and escaping from the realities of real life. But can we just talk for a moment about preparing for real life. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin, and we're still in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. Uh, there's certainly a helpless feeling involved with that, right? If somebody you love gets sick, uh, kids, relatives, etc., and uh, if there's a supply chain issue that might be keeping them for the life-saving medication that they need, 
We'll be okay, though, because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses that include UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, and more. This stuff could happen to anybody. Just visit jacemedical.com, though, and you can complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than it is today. Go to jacemedical.com and use the offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. That's jacemedical.com, offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order today. All right, uh, just real quick recapping my key takeaways. Uh, overall, really impressive performance for Minnesota. Uh, and, you know, no Conley, no Rudy, best team in the league, second best defense next to the Wolves in the league. Really, really great game for Minnesota. Uh, my biggest issues were the lack of involvement for Cat in the fourth quarter related to that Anthony Edwards shot selection. He got hot in the third, and then all of a sudden it was mid-range jumper city. Nine of his 25 shot attempts by my count were non-paint twos. That's too many. Uh, even though he's good at them and can make them if he needs to, like, I get it. It's fine. He can shoot a tough shot every now and again, end a shot clock, you know, if he's feeling it, fine. It, it just didn't quite work in this one. The late turnovers for the Wolves in general, although most of those were Ants, three of Ants, five turnovers in the final three minutes of regulation and overtime, and then also McDaniel's foul trouble, which actually is a pretty good segue into studs and duds. I'll start with duds because because I made the segue, so why not? Um, Jaden McDaniels in this game was really good defensively, I thought. Like, he had some good contests at the end of regulation, good contest on Tatum. Um, but his foul trouble, picking up that fifth foul, which was also kind of a cheap one, which I thought, by the way, the fifth foul call was a bad call. Um, not bad enough to challenge, and the Wolves didn't. But I thought McDaniels got to the spot before uh, Tatum, and there was contact that Tatum initiated, and they called the foul on McDaniels. But that's the classic, like, McDaniels didn't fall down, right? So, of course, they're not going to call a charge because why? I don't know. Um, anyway, Tatum was awesome in this game. McDaniels did a really good job making his life difficult. And yet, Tatum, I mean, Tatum only had two assists. Took him, um, you know, a little while to get going in this game. Jalen Brown was really good early with Anthony Edwards guarding him. But McDaniels, I thought, was good when he was in the game. The problem was he only played 24 minutes. He picked up that fifth foul early in the fourth quarter, and the Wolves pretty much ended up with Kyle Anderson guarding Jason Tatum for a chunk of the fourth quarter. And Kyle Anderson's a really good team defender. He's a passable, you know, perimeter defender, and he's probably your fourth option in terms of guarding somebody like a Tatum on the perimeter. I know he has the size to do it, but it's just not a winning proposition against this version of Jason Tatum. And uh, Tatum went off. So, like, McDaniels has to be a dud in this game. Five points on two of eight. Only one rebound, one assist in 24 minutes. He was a minus 12, which was actually the worst plus minus on the Wolves in those 24 minutes. So a little bit of a rough game for McDaniels, but it was more about his lack of availability than it was his impact when he was actually in the game. So a tough one, but I'm going to give him a dud. He's actually the only one. I thought everybody else played well. Uh, the Wolves played, actually technically played 10 guys. When Delmore Jr. got, uh, I think at the very end of the game, came in just for a moment defensively. Uh, but they played nine rotation guys. Troy Brown Jr. got eight minutes. Shake Milton got nine. Jordan McLaughlin played 17. And then you had 37 minutes from Nas Reed. The Wolves played huge in this game when McDaniels was in foul trouble. They, you know, I got to go back and look at the um, at the uh, the minutes that I, I need to pull the lineups and see how often the three centers, or I guess Reed didn't play, but how often Kat and Nas played together with Kyle Anderson at the three. Um, we know that, that sl he's obviously slow-mo's played a lot more three this year with Rudy Gobert in the fold and with Nas 
on this contract. You know, we've seen more slow-mo at the three than at the four, but he started at the four in this game with Cat sliding to the five. So with the foul trouble to McDaniels, we saw a lot more of Anderson at the three in this game than expected. So I'm curious to kind of look at how those minutes actually broke down, but it was more about the foul trouble than anything else. Uh, Stud-wise, Carl Anthony Towns, I thought was the best player on the floor for the Wolves. He was good defensively too. Like he had some really nice possessions late in this game where he was defending straight up and down, not fouling, picked up a couple tough fouls that, you know, were fouls, but you know, good defense, I thought, from Carl Anthony Towns. He ended up fouling out on on a, you know, kick offensive foul kick out at the end of the game, which by the way, that was his only turnover with 10 seconds left and the Wolves down seven, so it didn't matter. He he didn't turn the ball over at all in this game, besides that moment. Cat uh, was awesome. 25 and 13, six assists, two steals, and I'll call it zero turnovers because who cares about that with 10 seconds left in the game? That's a garbage time, a garbage time, garbage offensive foul. Eight of 17 shooting. Seven of seven at the line. The only issue was the two of seven from outside the arc. He rushed a couple of those again, but he also had a couple go in and out that he usually makes. And that's, you know, he was five of five the other nights or Tuesday night. So, you know, it happens. Great cat game. One of his probably top five games of the year. Not probably. It was a top five game of the year for him. Another stud for me. Gotta go Kyle Anderson. I, I haven't even really talked about uh, slow-mo or Nikhil Alexander-Walker yet, but I'll, I'll go Kyle Anderson for a, for a, for a, duh, or excuse me, for a stud. Really good in this game. And of course, he's had a little bit of a rough season. 17, 8, and 5 in this game. 7 of 12 shooting. And the Celtics were content to let him, you know, give him plenty of space, try and dare him to shoot. Instead, he ate up that space with his, slow-mo dribble into the paint, hit a bunch of weird scoop shots, like classic YMCA, uh, you know, old dad type shots. Like it was awesome. Like slow hook shots, scoop shots, uh, weird floaters, um, just a, a classic slow-mo type game. It's like what I remember him doing with the Grizzlies against the Wolves for, you know, four straight years. 17, eight and five, a steal and a block, no turnovers for slow-mo in 39 minutes. This is a guy that's been playing, you know, recently, what, 15 minutes or so off the bench of late. Uh, and he was pressed into duty in this one and played really well. I'm also going to give a stud to Nikhil Alexander-Walker. 15 points on five of eight, three of five outside the arc. And he was massive late in that fourth quarter when the Wolves needed his offense. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, of all people, playing point guard in this game, went off. I mean, he had a couple of rough, of tough layups I mentioned right around that four-minute mark. He also hit a big three. He had a flurry there between the, the four-and-a-half and two-and-a-half-minute marks in the fourth quarter where he scored seven consecutive points for the Wolves and uh, was just really, really solid. He was good defensively, tough cover, obviously, kind of uh, vacillating between you know all of these tough perimeter players for Boston, and I thought he was solid on that end of the floor. 15 points on eight shots, three of five on threes, four rebounds, three assists, one steal, one block, only one turnover when he effectively ran the offense for Minnesota for chunks of this game. Uh, really good Alexander Walker game. So my three studs are Cat, Slomo, Nikhil Alexander Walker. It was fine. I'm not giving him a stud because of all the reasons we already talked about. I, I got to go four for this game. Nas Reed gets the fourth one. He was great. 19 and 10 off the bench, plus three blocks, three assists, 37 minutes. And this was, you know, thought maybe you'd see some Luca Garza minutes. No, Nas was awesome in this game. There was, and he didn't get himself into major foul trouble. Him and Cat both did a really good job with that. They were both able to play, you know, 37 minutes for Nas, 44 for Cat. They were able to stay on the floor, be effective, not get in unnecessary foul trouble, despite the 31 free throws Boston shot, which by the way, they, made, they went 30 of 31 at the line. It's unreal. Um, really strong game 
from Nas Reed off the bench for Minnesota. And uh, great to see him continue to play really well here of late. J-Mac played well. McLaughlin played good in his 17 minutes, I thought. Brown was fine. I already talked about Shake. Shake Milton was impressive in his um, brief run as well. Nothing really bad to say about this other than the ant shot selection and the turnovers late. And this was a great performance against a great team. And now, now we go back to worrying about the Wolves not doing what they did last year and struggling against easy, what should be easy, I shouldn't say easy, uh, beatable competition, right? This gauntlet of 16 games, we'll talk more about it on Friday's show, kind of recapping it, but the Wolves ended up going 9-7, and seven, which is totally fine. I think at the start of it, I was hoping for 10-6. and six. They almost stole one in Boston. Uh, this was a, a really strong stretch for Minnesota and a good good game to cap it off on. Now, five of the next six are at home. They get Portland Friday night. We'll talk about it on Friday's show. That is obviously a winnable game. Um, Sunday against the Clippers will be interesting. That's that's the one after that. So we'll talk a little bit about that Friday too um, since we won't have a show between Friday and Sunday. All right, that's all we have for you today on the show. If you missed the live postcast, it's the episode right before this. Jack Borman joined Luke Inman of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Check out that audio if you missed it. Um, live. And then, of course, we'll have a show for you again Friday. We'll get you ready for the weekend of games versus the Trailblazers and the LA Clippers. We'll cover all that on Friday's show. A big thank you to those of you that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch the show on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And you can follow on X at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, CK. Ian. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.